Welcome to the Comics Experiment, the show that we produce right here at Comic Storian, where I sit with my two cohorts, Andy and Dan, and discuss things that are hot topic button items in the comic book world, or what's happening in recent comic books, or that kind of a thing. You can watch it live on Saturday morning at the Comic Storian channel, also on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Music. You can also find it live over at twitch.tv slash comicstorian on Thursdays at about 2 p.m. Eastern, and you can get early access unedited over at our Patreon, patreon.com slash Comic Storian that goes live about Fridays. Today's episode is going to be about the topic is the comic book industry dying due to trade paperbacks? And it's also brought to you by Four Hymns, where you can get amazing hair, skin, and hair. sexual wellness. <laughs> and I'll tell you more about that in the middle of today's episode. But it is also brought to you by Mint Mobile, which is an amazing cell phone company, which we discovered is owned by Ryan Reynolds. So we'll do anything for you, Mr. Reynolds. <laughs> anything. Anything. But Mint Mobile is a great way to get a cheap phone plan. And I'll also tell you about that in the middle of today's episode. And once again, seriously, Mr. Reynolds, anything. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just tweet at me, and I will die. Literally. He'll <laughs> explode. I, will, I would just explode. So anyway. Death by Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Death by Death Ryan Death by tweet would be on my... So this is... Awkward silence. All right, so anyway, this is our Christmas episode, guys. Uh, we will be gone for the next uh, week, at least. Of Holiday no episode. Holiday episode. But we wanted to talk about a really big topic, and it's going to just have multiple hats. Is that the plan here? Yep. How many Christmas hats can Andy get on his head? A bunch. <laughs> Got a big head. Your head is going to get so hot. It is. Because yeah, one of them is very hot, so yeah. I took it off. I don't, I don't. That's what you get when you go to the dollar store to get your Christmas hats. Yeah, the Not Christmas hats don't breathe. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, yeah, uh, the big issue I want to talk about today is trade sitting because three stories that we are going to talk about in length today ended, and if it, it was quite obviously written as a trade paperback, which mm -hmm. makes it a great story, but is that hurting the industry? Because we've heard about that for a while. So I want to explain trade sitting real quick for anybody who's new in the comic book world. Comic books are released as what is referred to as floppies. That is your single issues that come out uh, every two weeks or every four weeks. Or every three months of your doomsday clock. I thought that was like a little square you put mm -hmm. in your computer. It is, but people refer to them as floppies in the comic book oh, world. Okay. So, uh, or every three months of your doomsday clock, right? <laughs> it's not even three months. It's like every four decades. <laughs> Andy keeps making the release. Like According to Andy, doomsday clock started once Watchmen ended. <laughs> no, no. It was actually started before it even started. <laughs> Superman debuted in 1938. In 1939... <laughs> The first issue of Doomsday Clock came out. <laughs> we just finished it. But anyway, um, yeah. So that is referred to as floppies. Because of the nature of comic books being 22 pages to 48 pages, depending mm, on what you're depending, getting. Yeah, yeah. Um, depend, the cost of them being that that is three to five to eight dollars. Mm. Some people don't pick them up on a weekly or every other week basis. Also due to the fact that there's like 40 something comics on most weeks. Yeah. Those people are known as <laughs> a, a practice known as trade sitting. Mm -hmm. They're following the release of a comic book and they wait until it comes out into the book and they buy the book version. Right. Which is not a terrible way to read comics. We're not here to say mm -mm. that that's not how you should be reading them. Matter of fact, that is the counter. Don't give me that look. Okay. I got a lot of gas in me right now. It's all escaping while I, I, I'm a blowhard talking about myself. <laughs> 
Uh, it's not a terrible way to read comic books. Trade sitting is not a terrible thing. But the question is, does it harm the industry? And because people are known to trade sit, mm-hmm. are writers adapting stories to make them more functional? in a trade-sitting situation. Mm -hmm. For those who don't know, the comic book uh, industry bases the sales of a comic book on the pre-orders of a comic book, Mm -hmm. not on the trades, which is what we want to talk about this today. So generally, what happens is they announce, let's say, Batman is going to kill the DC universe. Honestly wondering why DC's never made that. Oh my gosh, I would read that. Uh, it's called Tower of Babel, but let's just have a magic kill say, everyone. I mean, that's yeah, that's exactly what that is. <laughs> uh, but let's just say let's say Mar- DC is going to release. To read. <laughs> They're going to release Batman defeats the the DC universe. Okay, they would announce it, and you'd have like between the time frame of two months to six months, depending how big of an event they want to make it to pre-order this book. Mm-hmm. People don't even know pre-ordering comic books is a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, a lot of don't. Um, they'll base that on how many of prints they're going to have of an individual comic book. One, two, three prints of it. The comic then comes out and you're given the option to pre-order the next book and so forth and so on. And they keep going. And if the pre-orders are low, followed by low sales, which is their two metrics, mm-hmm. the comic gets canceled. That's the problem though, because sometimes let's say you have a six issue miniseries, such as Gwenpool Strikes Back, which is mm-hmm. what we're going to talk about today. Um, where the story is great, but because it did some things in the middle of the book, which was intended to give you one heck of an incredible ending, yeah, um, you don't know that. And therefore, you stop pre-ordering in the middle of the book. Mm-hmm. Sales go down. Book gets canceled. Book completes. Now everyone's raving about it, but they've the writer, the artist, everyone's moved on yeah. because the book got canceled because pre-orders were low. So I think you have to understand how the comic book industry works to understand why we're saying are comic books traditionally dying? Mm-hmm. Are floppies dying? Um, and I think Black Label is a great example of them trying something new, mm-hmm. moving into more of a book format mm-hmm. um, and things like that. But I have talked for six minutes of our podcast so yeah. far. Uh, Dan, go. All right. So I think <laughs> the uh, trade waiting or trade sitting is ruining or it's killing the comic book industry not for books like Gwenpool, like Doomsday Clock, like potentially Batman, stuff like that. I don't think those are gonna like die out completely. It's the indie companies that it's ruining. And it's ruining it for people that are trying to get into comics. Because if you uh, were like, oh, I wanna get into the current Batman and it, or the current uh, Gwenpool, and they read one of the middle ones and they're like, wait, this is, I don't like this. Right. They're, they're not going to keep reading. But if it's an indie company, they don't have the money and privilege, essentially, to afford to make a full trade, put that out. Because if that doesn't sell well, that indie company just lost a lot of money. Right. Whereas DC and Marvel have a little bit more mm. to work with that it doesn't hurt them as much. It does, it does hurt them because, I mean, Gwenpool, I'm sure, was very much on the fence, as we've seen from the fact that... It's come out multiple times, then got canceled, and then came back another time, right. and got canceled, and then came back again. It's because everyone raves about Gwenpool once it's done. Exactly. Mm. Like, it gets to the point where it's getting canceled, then they rave about it because they're buying the trades. Mm-hmm. Mm. And by the time that they've done that, the like you said, the writer's now working on another book yeah. so that they can't go back and continue the Gwenpool, and now you get in the situation of... Okay, well, is the next writer going to write a good enough story that it's going to sell well enough to keep Gwenpool around again? Or is it going to be the same rotating situation? 
What, so, is, what is your thoughts on the general topic before we kind of go on deep dive into more nitty gritties of it? Yeah. So generally speaking, I trade it. <laughs> like I said, and, and honestly, I want to clarify, I don't even consider that a bad practice because the industry has created mm -hmm. a situation where you're going to want to trade sit. They yeah. have. Uh, so the question is, is that killing the original? Because yeah. Honestly, so for me nowadays, now when we like we do our review show, generally speaking, we purchase them for work, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when it comes to my own personal purchases, I don't buy 45 issues of, you know, right. 45 comics a week. I think you average like five or six, don't you? If, uh, if even most that. weeks, it's like two to three. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. are, like, that's like my personal collection is like yeah, yeah. four now, to there five. There are certain I books I like to follow and I do like to... Uh, I don't know what you want to call it there. Uh, reward the writers, I guess. If I like a book, I mm -hmm. will purchase Support. it. Support. Support, thank you. Um, reward. I was like, I don't know what you want to call it. Congratulations. I bought your I'm work. Reading. I mean, I, I read a lot of like sword and sorcery books, a lot of indie yeah. books and things like that. And sort of the same idea. I know if I don't purchase them, then odds are good they're not going to continue. Yeah. However, there are other books that I'm like, well, this could be a cool story, but... I, I don't really want to spend my money on it. I'll probably get it in trade. That's, yes. I mean, I do that for a lot of things too. So I yeah. guess I'm kind of on both. That's fair. Yeah. Cause yeah, I, I do want to say I, I'm not necessarily opposed to trade sitting, right, but yeah. I do think it's damaging the smaller yeah. comic book people, the, like the smaller industries or well, you're not wrong. Let, let me clarify yeah, yeah. exactly what Dan's talking about. So if you're going to trade sit on Batman, mm -hmm. Batman's never it's, getting Yeah, canceled. I was going to say, it's not yeah. really going to affect anyone. Right. If you're like, oh, Tom King's done. Let me go buy 85 volumes or whatever right. Tom King's run. That's not going to kill the book. The book went 85 issues. But if you're trade sitting on, you know, a great example, I'll get a great indie book. Um, What's that one by? <laughs> I've Undisco got the best one. <laughs> what was that one? Undiscovered I'm, Country. I'm going to give you a great example. I just don't know the title. Undiscovered, Undiscovered Country, Country, which is, I have purchased the first two issues. I have two. Brand new. Yes. Brand new book. Now, you're not going to oh. want to pre-order that. And now what's going to happen to the book? Yeah. Is it going to keep going or not? But see, you might want to pre-order it because you know Scott Snyder. That's right. also what I do. I follow writers. Exactly. But like new writers, yeah, exactly. it's very yeah, hard to get in the, the industry. Writer, yeah, I'd have to like look at the book Exactly. First, yeah. And it's like, well, if Scott Snyder had not written anything and just started today... Right. We that know would be harder. Yeah. Exactly. It would be very hard for him to get in because most likely he would have to start in an indie company. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully people would buy his book and enjoy that specific book. And like he would have to grow. And in this current day and age, there are so many comics as well. Yeah. That very often you're like, oh, I've got the money. I trust this writer. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, which is generally what I do. Yeah. If if I see it right, like Scott Snyder, they're like, oh, a new indie book by Scott Snyder mm -hmm. about a closed off America, whatever it is, hundred years in the future, yeah. or whatever. I was right. like, all right, I'm sold. You got me. Right, yeah. right. And yeah, you can yeah, go yeah. off the pitches, yeah, but exactly. you're right. Like a lot of times, the indie books, I don't go to them unless something really hooks me. Mm -hmm. Artwork or story that I'm and hearing that, about, or writer. Exactly, and that's another one. Is it's like some of these people you you read the comic because you know the writing's going to be good whereas mm. if you don't recognize the author author and you don't know if it's going to be good and the art just happens to be bad right that yeah, also that kind of ruins them because yeah. then you go well, i don't like this art i'm gonna skip this right. one and then the writer loses the chance and because right uh, there's so many factors to it of the the hump to get into the industry is so high. Right, yeah, yeah. And it's so much trying to just keep the people that are still in it that if if you're not able to attract new people or expand the industry as a whole, it's gonna die. 
It's going to dwindle down. People are going to fall off and not many people are going to jump back on. And then you just slowly do two steps forward, one step Mm. back kind of thing. Well, is the industry adapting to getting away from floppies because of things like digital releases? And Justice is a huge seller on digital, then went floppy, then went trade, Mm. and they just triple dipped into it. Um, They did. They they went three times on that whole thing. Um, But another example is The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Mm. Now, that is notoriously a book not made for your general comic book fan. Yep. Notoriously a book that was panned by old Squirrel Girl fans. For the record, side note, who are those old Squirrel Girl fans? Right. <laughs> squirrel Girl fans from the 70s. <laughs> yeah. I was, when they came out, they're like, they ruined Squirrel Girl. And I'm like, I like classic Squirrel Girl where she was fighting in World War II. I was like, when was, when was Squirrel Girl a thing? I always thought of Squirrel Girl thing? as no, like no. a LOL meme character. That's I'm Squirrel Girl. <laughs> For the record, I would read that. Right? Squirrel, squirrel, squirrel Girl, girl in World War II. II. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's got to put together her own, own all-star squadron. There's oh, just oh, squirrels. There's I'm a bunch squirrels. of squirrels with little, with little helmets. I would read the hell out of that book. <laughs> but what I'm saying, like, I always found that funny when they were talking, like, oh, they ruined Squirrel Girl. And I'm like, like, so? She's not like she was like an Avenger that mm-hmm. was top tier. She and- beat Thanos. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so, small little rant about the Squirrel Girl changes. It was notorious that it didn't sell well as a floppy because mm-hmm. that w- the floppies traditionally cater to your more traditional comic book fan. Mm-hmm. But the trades sold amazing in the kids' book areas. Okay. To the point where they kept the issues going until what? It was issue 50 it finally got canceled because we just did that on Absolute. Something like that. I don't even think it got canceled. I got a feeling the writer and the artist just wanted to move on. I think so. I think it was more of a pause yeah. than a cancel. Because they even say, like, because he gives Squirrel Girl the ability to breathe in space, and he's like, this could stay, this could go. We don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so, like, if, the fact that Marvel continued the book, even though it notoriously sold poorly as a, a floppy, mm-hmm. but sold amazing as a trade, does that mean that they are now starting to kind of recognize this mm-hmm. problem? Are they recognizing these issues? Yeah. I would think you would need to, like, especially with Marvel, because they get their trades out really quick. Usually yeah. it's, like, the next month or something like that. DC very, takes very a soon. little while to get their trades yeah. out, unfortunately. But I would think you would sometimes, mean, except DCs the black like labels. Sometimes, yeah, that is true. Sometimes I feel like they're the quick about it. Black labels tend are a little to bit get quicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I would say, you, like, you have to take trades. Why wouldn't you take trades into account for sales? But they right? weren't. That was the problem. I know, with the but, industry. but to me, that's what doesn't make any sense. To me, you should look at sales of a series in all of its formats. Is it yeah. doing well in digital? Is it doing well in physical? Are the trades selling really well, even mm-hmm. though the physical aren't? Okay, is there something wrong with the writing style then? Like, I don't know why you wouldn't look at it all encompassing. See, my mm-hmm. assumption is, and this is, is the character's action figure selling well. well. That's the, a big one. The problem with- <laughs> It is actually, actually right. it's a really yeah, big it's one. It's a huge deal. The How can we market this with t-shirts? <laughs> He's not wrong, actually. A lot of people don't realize this, but books that are selling well but have a crazy ma- yeah. selling poorly but have mm. crazy merchandising. Yes, they will stay. They on, will, stay they will stay because there. they yeah. just yeah. want to have the character. Batman if, got a new suit. If and nine toys. I was <laughs> gonna say if a character has merchandising appeal, mm-hmm. that character will not go away. Yeah. Why do you, Why do you think this is? I mean, female Thor, Jane Foster Thor, stayed around as long as she did because one, Jason Aaron wanted to write her, but two, did you ever pay attention to how much merchandising came out? Of Jane Foster Thor. So much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, that's another thing. Just like Gwenpool. When Gwenpool was having its ups and downs, Mm -hmm. she stuck around because, look at, we can make a pink-looking female Deadpool character. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like Statues and Funko Pops and action figures and t-shirts and... She's literally two spots on her shelf. Your head's blocking the cool one. Hey, bring her down. Put her right there for a minute. 
Put it on the desk. Why don't we have superpowers? <laughs> You need that was stretch. sad to watch, by the way. <laughs> um, and that, it, 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 uh, I mean, our chat's bringing it up, but Silk. Silk has statues and stuff. Yeah, because yeah. she was very popular. She's yeah. not in America. I mean, well, yeah. she's, she's a Korean-American character. So, like, she definitely does well. That's why right, she's yeah, on the yeah. Korean-American right. team right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting because all we ever hear about is a book got canceled because the floppies didn't do well. But we mm. do know that they track toys. In trades, I think they track once they get beyond and the trades are coming out and the book's still going. Yeah, the yeah, issues yeah. we run into is when a story goes six issues in and they cancel it because it's not doing well. Right. But the trade ends up doing super well, but you, mm -hmm. you can't consider that now. Right, right. The book's yeah. done. Plus, you, you, I feel the problem with trying to take trades into account is the money investment to produce the trade, mm. like paying the writers, the artists, the like the ink guy, the colorists, like all mm. those people for a full trade probably costs a lot of money. And you don't know if that's going to sell well until it's out. Mm. And if it doesn't, if you don't, if you didn't have money to begin with, you're now completely screwed. It's, it's just like with movies or it's very similar to movies, how we often see oh, this movie had a $600 million budget, but it only made $5 million in box office. Right. Now that uh, the company that made that is out of business because they have no money. Right, right. right yeah. and, I and the problem is, like, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Marvel does have that capacity, whereas I'm going to use... Uh, I'm trying to think of a very, very small one. We'll say Dark Horse. It's not as small, but, like, if Dark Horse came out with one and they invested all of it into the trade, one, they don't have recognizable characters enough to sell people just on that. Like, mm. there's so many different factors that unless they had a huge writer, they might not even get people to give it a shot because there are also so many comics out right now that you really, a lot of people have to decide which ones they want to go to and more people are willing to stick with what they know yeah. than to try something new. Well, that brings and me to one of the topics big... I was going to bring up. Tom King was crazy divisive. Mm -hmm. Like, so the point where fans were like, oh, I dropped it, I dropped it. But its sales stayed up. Yeah. So a lot of people just stayed with what they knew and just complained about it. Mm -hmm. Well, I've, and I've had friends who are like that because I had a, a buddy of mine in the army who literally spent like 200 something bucks a month mm -hmm. on comics. Okay. Right? And he'd be like, yeah, most of them I just put them in the drawer and I don't even read them. And I'm like, well, why are you getting them? Well, I don't really like the story they're doing. Why are you still buying it? Because I like the character. Exactly. <laughs> like, but you're not reading the comic because you don't mm -hmm. like the story. Right. But I like the character. I don't want to right. cancel the book. <laughs> but well, it's not. But he it's understands not, the industry. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And it's like with Batman and those popular characters, a lot of the time, even if you don't like the story, sometimes you buy the next book regardless because you, you have the thought of, maybe it'll get better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Tom King, often like some of them, you're like, well, maybe he'll fix it in the next issue. Maybe. And I mean, went a long period of time. alert. He didn't. <laughs> For the record, I still, I still overall liked it. Just the ending. I, know, I, I wasn't a fan of the ending. That's all. We'll talk about that in a minute, though. But uh, <laughs> I like you're saying it like Tom King is currently. Just watching. in case you're watching, Mr. King. We got Mr. Tom. King. We got Mr. Reynolds. We got yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy. <laughs> the hell. And you know, speaking of Mr. Reynolds, uh, I think Mr. Reynolds has a phone call from you. For you. What's what's the company from? Hello, Mint Mobile. Whoa! <laughs> Today's podcast is sponsored by Mint Mobile. 
Are you tired of big wireless taking advantage of everyone? Want to save money on your monthly wireless bill without sacrificing quality? Well, Mint Mobile is the perfect product for you. Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage that you're used to, but at a fraction of the cost. Mint Mobile can even cut your monthly wireless bill down to just $15 a month. And yes, that includes unlimited nationwide talk and text. Choose data plans between 3, 8, and 12 gigs of 4G LTE data. With Mint Mobile, you can keep your own phone and phone number. Just pop in that SIM card and you're good to go. To get your wireless plan for just $15 a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash robinbenny. That's mintmobile.com slash robinbenny. Cut your wireless bill to $15 a month at mintmobile.com slash robinbenny. What was the noise? I'm trying something new. I didn't like it. No? Don't do it again. Don't do it again. No, that was awful. No. <laughs> Don't do the sound effects. Don't do the sound effects. That's what I meant, just so we're clear. Not, not Mint Mobile. The sound effects Benny decided to put on that one. Yeah. Not good. Luckily, the product's good enough yeah, to exactly. make Maybe up for that. Maybe drone out his horrible noises. Yeah. I like even our chat. The portal is aft. Yeah, what the hell, man? That was not good. Oh. So anyway, um... This brings me, so I think we've kind of, I feel like, I, th I feel like our, our first 15 minutes of our discussion hit the points we're talking about, mm -hmm. but I feel like we're a little all over the place. So I want to bring this in by yeah. giving us more of a general topic. So did you end up finishing the Gwenpool run? Told you to read it. I don't know if you actually No, read. I didn't actually read it. Okay. You cool? Yet. We spoil it That's for you? Fine. Honestly, I didn't care if you said yes, because. Because <laughs> we spooling it, fool. <laughs> you spooling it? Yeah. So Gwenpool, I think is a great example because it just ended yesterday. Um, Gwenpool notoriously is one of those characters that came out as a wacky LOL meme character mm -hmm. then got turned into a character that a lot of fan favorites like she's heartwarming she's touching people one. enjoyed her, her story what ended up happening with her she was she did a great job of breaking the fourth wall but also analyzing it mm -hmm. as opposed to Deadpool going fourth wall joke you know she would analyze yeah. what's happening when the new run came out it started out pretty strong and it was like LOL we're meme, hold on are we talking the one that was in Howard the Duck no no we're the most recent yeah, one. Most recent. Okay. Started out pretty strong. She seemed to be a little bit more jokey. Most of his fans of Gwenpool just looked at it as, well, they're just trying to work a little more Deadpool into the style. It got, the first one definitely started as really, really fourth wall breaking yeah. in this series compared to her previous ones. Right. And then it, what ended up happening was the, the book on issue two, she started to break the fourth wall further and further as things were going to yes. the point where it was like she's turned into Deadpool and she would comment that she's turned into Deadpool. And then mm -hmm. Deadpool showed up to right. comment, to on, comment on the fact that she turned into, into Deadpool. But to the point where issue four, she had created an island, had everybody battling against each other, and none of that made sense to the character of Gwenpool. Yeah. And most of us, while reading the book, assumed that the writer didn't get the character. Mm -hmm. And we were like, well, and I, I was the one who was always arguing, you need to look at each iteration of a character as an individual iteration. Mm -hmm. So Christopher Hastings' original iteration is done, and that version that we liked is done. This is the new version. Yeah. So you either enjoy or you unenjoy, you disenjoy it, but you can't, you can't hold uh, the writer of that one, Lay Williams, Lee Williams, Leah Williams, Leah Williams. You can't hold her accountable to what Christopher Hastings did. It's a mm -hmm. different version of the character. Was my point mm -hmm. that, because she's going to write Gwenpool as she wants. Well, as it turns out, in issue five. Her going down this crazy path was all intentional. Yeah. For the final message of uh, Miss Marvel approaching her and stating, Gwen, what is wrong with you? You're yeah. being a manic. This is crazy beyond what you normally do. Mm -hmm. And her finally breaking down because it's all been anxiety and stress driven because she didn't want to get canceled. So she was yeah. trying to do what people wanted. <clears throat> 
the whole time, which was exactly the point of the book. Mm -hmm. But you wouldn't know that unless you got to issue five. Yeah, and personally, I will say, if I was reading this without being in this uh, job, probably would have stopped at issue two or three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it was a different version. It was a different version, and it was so over the top for the last issue, but I didn't know that yet. Mm -hmm. Right. And if I was on a budget... I wouldn't have put money into that when I preferred these other stories. Right. And so it ends up boiling down to she finally breaks down, finally realizes what she's doing, and they eventually give her a proper origin, and they give her, well, a a Marvel origin, but she Mm -hmm. maintains her original stuff. They put her into one of the Marvel families, because if you don't know, Marvel treats them as the mutants, the Avengers, Spider-Man... I'm looking at you. <laughs> like he's a fantastic fool. Spider-Man just by himself. Like well, humans are they, over there. They consider the family yeah. of books. It's a family of books. You know, mm-hmm. like Deadpool's technically an X-Men book. So I don't know. Him. I don't know what he's doing anymore. Apparently, families are <laughs> he's circles. He's like it's a family of books, guys. <laughs> it doesn't shape like a family or like a book. <laughs> but like a book. Like, what does a family shape like? I don't know. At least like people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But not a bunch of stick figures in a car. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've seen those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen the one where they get the little dog stick figures yeah, too. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. And there's that one lady with nothing but cats. <laughs> <laughs> Cat lady. Um, but what it gets to is it boils down to it was the entire purpose of the story. Mm-hmm. So obviously, when Leah wrote this storyline, it was intended to give you that impact on the finale. Mm-hmm. It was intended for you to to purposely be like, "Oh my God, what are they doing? What are you doing, Gwen? Oh no, now you're teaming up with other Gwens. What is going on?" Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's just. I imagine that's how Ben was when he was reading it too. <laughs> with the, oh my, I just uh, oh. <laughs> Shedding a single tear. Well, no, and, and you get a little teary. I just like the last of that Gwenpool because she talks about it, goes into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do yeah, love yeah. the little joke about Wolverine. So, so basically, which it boils, one uh, with the Gwenpool? Where it boils down to they decide that Gwenpool's a mutant yep. as far as Marvel's concerned. Sure, yep. but That's, she knows she's not, which I kind of liked. I yeah. I didn't want it to like fully change because I liked her as a human being in the comic world right right and i did too but they go down to she is she is a mutant as far as marvel's concerned right basically along the lines of franklin richards mm-hmm. so that so okay, she has yeah, yeah. a place yeah, yeah and they say you have reality warping powers and you're basically like these other mutants and things like that and wolverine so she ends up going to kakoa and like she's crying and wolverine's like it's okay it's okay. And then she starts like blabbering about how I'm at home and I'm a mutant and I'm not this and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Jane, yeah. this one's gone crazy. <laughs> we need a telepath. She's like, no telepaths. <laughs> Quentin's right there. And he's like, after me, I can't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> so it gives like a great wrap up to the whole thing. But once again, do you feel that that story was ruined by aiming for that fifth issue? Or because you knew it was limited, you knew that that was where it was going to go. And I wanted to ask you because you haven't read it. So knowing that there is a conclusion to this, right. there's a purpose to this. I would say While no. also knowing my reactions from weekly basis is, since we do, a comic story in weekly, a review channel for old comic books every Monday. <laughs> oh, it, it's, us. It's, it's us. It's yeah, not, yeah, him. not, not him. It's us. We just uh, steal his name. Fusion dance? Do the fusion thing. Uh, <laughs> that's insanely difficult for the yeah, record. It is, it is really difficult to do. Um, I would say no, it doesn't ruin it. And this is why. That's right. I have an argument. Um, <laughs> every story is written for the ending. 
Okay. That is the point of a story. Yes right. or no. This, the point of the story is to get from A to B. Now, obviously, a lot of people make the argument, and mm -hmm. I also generally make this argument. It is the journey, not the ending or the destination. Mm -hmm. That is supposed to be the point of the story. Um, but whether you bought it in a trade or you bought it as a single issue, mm -hmm. the payoff would have been at the end. You know what I'm right. saying? Now, if if it was an ongoing series and not just a five issue miniseries, mm -hmm. yes, you would have to look at each individual issue. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? But even in, in an ongoing series, they're broken up into story arcs. So the point of the story arc would be whatever the ending of the story arc is to get to you to the next one. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. So but if you, you had, have if you had bought, that? well, for the if, if you if you didn't enjoy the first two issues, why would you trade sit for it? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what I'm saying? If you already like the character, you like Gwenpool, right? I do. And you might buy it. Yep. Let's say you bought the first two issues and you're like, mm, you know what? Not really feeling it. You're not then going to buy the trade. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you were going to wait anyway, you're just going to buy the trade. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, regardless. Right. But So the point of that was the ending, though. Right. So whether you bought it, in a, let's say you bought the trade mm. and you got like two issues in, in the trade and you're like... Honestly, I don't even really want to keep reading this. I know I already spent 10 bucks or whatever. Right. But I don't even, like, I'm not enjoying it. I'll just put it on the shelf, whatever. Or I'll give it to a buddy or whatever mm -hmm. like that. You know what I'm saying? So regardless, whether you were trade sitting or you were buying the individual issues, the point would have been the ending. Because that was the point right. of that particular story. But it's also with that one, because the number of pre-orders and stuff like that of the singles, for a character that the story is literally about it being canceled... Mm -hmm. or potentially being canceled because of the sales. She even says that specifically in the book. Yep. We're not selling well. I could get canceled. Right. That brings up the issue of, like, if you're not supporting it until the trade, how do you know you would get more even if it was great? But it was already a miniseries. Is the thing. Well, but see okay, that. So then let's well, say, I was no, going to no, say, if it's, if it's already thing. a miniseries, you're like, okay, it's going to tell its story within five right. issues and we'll call it good. So whether I wait for a trade or not, it doesn't matter because I already know it's going to be five issues. I, I, I think I, I see his point is, is that story is set up to have it an ending. While true, I do want to say Gwenpool is a little bit of a special situation because it was a miniseries because it was going to get canceled. That was very but well was known. The, exactly. That was the point of it. Now, let's say... So if you don't pre-order it, you're pretty much guaranteeing it's going to get canceled, regardless of if you like the trade. But it's already a miniseries, is my right. point. Now, it's, if they were just like... If they, if they were like, listen, we got Curse of the White Knight. Okay? Ten. Curse of the White Knight's going to be whatever it is. Ten issues, eight yeah. issues, whatever. They're like, it's going to be eight issues. Mm -hmm. That's it. So regardless of whether I wait to buy it for trade, because mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, well, I'll get it for trade. It'll be great. I'll read it all in one shot. I don't have to wait month. You're to gonna month. get to the ending no matter. I'm what. gonna get to the ending no matter what because okay. it's eight issues. Right. So when Gwenpool came out and it was five issues, regardless of whether you waited. Like, so or we not. need a, we okay. need a better example. Gwenpool okay. Is a well, bad example. okay. So I'll say if Gwenpool was an indie one and you did that and they got to issue three and people were trade sitting and they no longer had the money to afford that writer and all those people for the comic that they had to cancel in the middle because they're an indie company. Mm. Like, that's the situation that I think is heart, I uh, hurting the on. industry. I have an example of a book that wasn't ongoing and then got canceled because people weren't pre-ordering it. Okay. okay? Superior Spider-Man. Most Spider -Man. of the new 52. <laughs> uh, Superior yeah, Spider-Man was a recent book. People mm -hmm. were following it. It was a revisit of Otto. We were going to go down a whole new path for him. Yeah, I got to like 12 issues. Got the 12 issues. Like that, and yeah. it was quite obviously ending by like 11. 
Yeah. And it was yes, wrapping up and much, it was yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. But the way the story was being told, it was not intended to be that way. And we had no yeah. word that this was a limited series or a mini series. Right. They didn't say like, all right, we're doing 12 issues. Right. Mm-hmm. That's it. So if it was intended to be that way, no one knew. Right. Which no. is possible though that that is how they intended it. Right. But right. that's a better example because at least as far as I knew, it wasn't a limited run. Right. right. It was not. Yeah. Right. I remembered looking into it. It was not. It was supposed to be an ongoing series, right. but. Yeah. Not enough people got the singles, and it, exactly. it just so, so died down example. because of that. The problem with the Gwenpool example is, no matter whether or not you poured it or not, he's right. It's just like Curse of the White Knight. It was going to end at five. That's it's, fair. There's you. No one could have gotten it, mm-hmm. and they would have just finished it. And then be like, okay, well, here's the trade. Hopefully it sells better. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what they would have done. Yeah. But Superior was supposed to be an ongoing as far as we're all tracking. Mm-hmm. So... That's one that got or canceled. heck unbelievable. Gwenpool's technically in that situation. Now unbelievable. I think about it. Yeah, it was going in one direction. And it was it, supposed to be an actual series, not a mini series, but because of the pre-sales, yeah, it got it, canceled. It started dying off, and then everyone freaked out about it in post yeah. when it was in trade. Um, so then, basically, it was superior is the issue because it could have kept going if people had been pre-ordering and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how trade sales went. Maybe they waited for the first trade that came down out, and that also didn't do well. Right. Well, so they were just like, "And we're done." Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. What I mean? like you got six issues to finish. Do that. So, because and because I do want to actually tag on to that of the if it didn't sell well during mm-hmm. that period of time, then they're like, "Okay, we have to fully conclude this." They get to that conclude that conclusion. Otto, in this case, reverts back to his original Otto-ness. Mm. Uh, and then people start enjoying it after the trade. And they're like, well, crap, we can't continue this. We've just wrapped it up. Right, right. right. Like, now, that's the other problem with the not supporting those ongoing ones, apparently. No, I, so... I mean, this is example a better a good example also okay. of a pre-orders tanking a book before it even gets a shot. Okay, um, back in 2017, and we don't know if there's more to the story, but the assumption was that it did poor pre-sale sales. Mm-hmm. Pre-set pre-sale pre-sales pre-order sales. Yeah, there we go. Um, I can never say his yeah. name. So what is Tanahisi coat? What is it? Tanahasi coat? You actually uh, were pretty close. Yeah, the first time, yeah, ton of Heasy yeah. Coats is what I would say. Okay. Uh, well, he, everyone loves his Black Panther run. It was mm-hmm. notorious. He made headlines. He was doing a great job. Okay. He announced a second one that he was going to work on, Black Panther in the World of Wakanda. Okay. It was a part of the Marvel Now run. They were going to do another run with it. Okay. The book was canceled before it even got to issue one. Mm-hmm. Because issue one didn't get enough pre-sale, supposedly. Okay. So... That's the issue with is the that that I think is the is the crutch, crux, crux. Ah. <laughs> yeah, you got it on the two. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. The crux of the argument, though, is that model model. God, mm. What is wrong with me today? I do not know. <laughs> it's bad. Is the model of pre-ordering these kinds of books mm-hmm. hurting it? Because this book didn't even get off the ground. Right. And uh, Spider-Man Superior came out. Maybe the trade sales were crap at six. They had already right. gone to eight. And they're like, just wrap it up now. Bring in Osborne and fight him. <laughs> Actually, uh, before I, I want to throw this in here. It's not fully related to this, but I want to say it before I forget. Um, another problem with the trade sitting, because I remembered seeing a tweet about this, is currently the Comixology Unlimited. Mm-hmm. If people wait until it, a book Sure, it's unlimited. Free, yeah, yeah. The you unlimited doesn't it. actually support the writers, apparently. Right. No, None I'm, of it yeah. supports the books, the industry, it's or literally anything just like that. for comicsology. And some people will not read a book and 
trade sit mm. until it's on their free service. Yep, or and on the that, Marvel one. Exactly. Like that's another thing that Wonder I think the, the Marvel one, one I think the Marvel one does actually support the industry though. Comicsology I know does not. Well, that's a notorious um, problem with Comicsology in general, which is why there's a lot of people don't realize there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes with yeah. Comicsology, Marvel, DC, Valiant and all those others. They Comicsology is the equivalent of a comic book shop where I, I hate to say it, but comic book shops don't get much support from Marvel and DC, and mm-hmm. the only support they give back is whatever posters they hang up. I mean, there's mm, no, yeah. and that's what Comicsology is. It's just much bigger, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's the issue. But like, I mean, that's that's another really. thing that I want to mention about the waiting because mm. waiting, reading, enjoying, regardless, if you waited for the Comicsology Unlimited period or Marvel Now yeah. or whatever it is, that's another thing that's hurting the industry. Because people know that they can wait until the full thing is done. Yeah, and well, and that's the issue that we're talking about here is waiting till it wraps up and not pre-ordering, and then companies doing things like canceling a Black Panther mm-hmm. before it comes out in 2017. Yeah, you know, doing things like oh, Superior Spider-Man done at 12, or now are they all just trying out limited series with guaranteed mm-hmm. endings? See, to me, that would be the, that would be the answer to that problem. Because I feel like that's what the black label's pretty much doing. Yeah, which, yeah. I mean, realistically, that is, that is what it is. They're like, okay, we're doing five issues, six issues, whatever it is. Because mm-hmm. I think half the books I get right now are black labels yeah. that don't involve superheroes, right. oddly enough. Because they've uh, started branching out into like Sword and Joe Sorcery and, and Joe Hill stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things yeah. like that. Um, like, for instance, the, the Black Panther thing. To me, that more speaks to... Because obviously the, the writer had done a great job on his previous Black Panther run. Everybody loved yep. it, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. To me, that speaks more of like just the customer base doesn't want the comic. You know what I'm saying? But, and see, that's but we'll the never know now. Exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, I understand exactly. that. But let's say I come to you and I'm like, guys, I have a brilliant idea for a comic book. Mm-hmm. And I pitch it to you. I think it's amazing. And then it literally nobody... Everybody's like... I don't care. Like we don't, mm-hmm. the book doesn't sound interesting, things like that. So why would a company waste the money on it? You know what I'm saying? If that makes any sense mm-hmm. on one hand, yes, it is an issue. I could see it being a problem if a book is really good and people are like, I'm just going to wait for the trade paperback and then get it. And then it gets canceled. And then the customers are like, well, when did this gets canceled? Why aren't there more trade paperbacks coming out? Well, mm-hmm. that's your own fault. Cause you waited for the trade paperback. I mean, it's, it's a give and take kind of thing. Right. And then if a book hasn't even come out and literally your entire customer base just goes, we don't care. Mm -hmm. Why would Marvel waste the money that I completely understand on Marvel's part. Right. If the customer race as a whole, now, obviously there were probably some people who were like, hell yeah, another black Panther Mm -hmm. with the writer whose name now I can't even remember, but you know what I'm saying? Like, sure. Mm -hmm. That's great. But if the customer base as a whole, yeah. If 95% of your customer base is like, okay, don't care. Right. Why would you waste money on it? I mean, that's just good business. Well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. But like the indie companies don't have as much privilege on a lot of that. And they don't have the pre-existing which standing. Because like another thing to think about is like while not many people might get into that. For all we know, if that had come out, it could have been one of those groundbreaking stories. Because I can't think uh, of any off the top of my head, but I know there's stories that all of us have read where going into it, we're like, there's no way that this Tom is going to be King's good. King's Batman. <laughs> Wrong. Um, uh, <laughs> but but no, like, Stan, and then it, and it, it does suck if there would have been this amazing thing mm-hmm. we didn't get. But, it, I mean, you also got to look at it. It's still business. Exactly, but yeah. that being the business... The not going through with some of these stories is going to slowly hurt the industry because it's like, well, crap, 
we can't start this new one. We can't start this new one. Now we're we're losing money on all these side ones. Now DC is like, oh crap. Okay, so we got Superman and Batman. Right, and then eventually and then the it dies customer base and- will complain that we're not getting anything original but not enough people are buying <laughs> but then it people still. weren't buying what was original right. so it's like it's like that endless cycle of like exactly i want original stuff but i'm not purchasing it why do we don't have original stuff but i'm you know it's like it's exactly. just an endless loop now i will say when it comes to indie books especially image because mm-hmm. i buy a lot of image stuff yes you do generally speaking they do five issue runs yeah mm-hmm. well they Unless a, Duke, a book is doing really well. Or Robert Kirkman's writing it. Or Robert Kirkman's writing it. <laughs> they don't do like a thousand runs. <laughs> but generally they're like, all right, you like when when a creator comes to them, it's like you, you got five issues to tell your right. story. If it does well, we'll keep going with it. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't do well, we're done. And then people will buy it and trade. Right. I know, for example, like Oblivion Song started up. Yeah, yeah. That was it, one of the ones I was going to It got mention. to like issue 12 before anything happened. Right. Well, it's, it's Kirkman who like made Image for a while. <laughs> right. I, mean, like, I, was, um, I remember reading it being like, there's so much cool ideas. Is I, anything gonna happen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I fell off because I was like, but, I mean, that is that is a lot of the things Image does because a lot of their stuff is creator owned. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, they do five issue runs. Right. If it does well, they continue it. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, they don't usually go past. I think it's usually ten to twelve. Right. Um, unless it's doing like, unless it's like Robert Kirkman, and then it's like, oh, all right, we'll give you a thousand issues. Who cares? <laughs> You'll keep writing it. <laughs> oh, you're Robert Kirkman. Just, you just go to your board. Just, <laughs> just put a number on this piece of paper. Yeah. All right, we can do that. He like comes to the office. He's like, guys, I have an idea. For, perfect. We'll take a thousand issues. We don't even care. <laughs> just but it's only a six issue run. Oh yeah. But you can, if you could, you stretch it. Thousand. <laughs> Is that cool? Can you pull Tom King? We could possibly put it on AMC. So <laughs> you know, Oblivion Song has already gotten uh, optioned it's, as a movie. Yeah, I know. Is it yeah. really? Yeah. He had some other. Actually, thing. It's a he had some other story. comic. He's trying to get going. He hasn't even got the comic going. They've already optioned it as a movie. Well, yeah, because Walking Robert Dead Kurtman. is yeah, yeah, huge. Yeah, I'm still and waiting. Invincible is a cartoon. I'm right? still waiting for my Invincible cartoon, which was announced like four years ago. I know. And I haven't seen right. it. Yeah. So. The issue then comes down to this, and I, I want to talk more directly about the Tom King Batman situation and the Doomsday Clock situation with this after our commercial break. Uh, but don't do the noise. Don't do the noise. No. Okay. Well, the the issue I come to, I, I want to bring up, and this is gonna be that we're gonna talk about Doomsday Clock and the Tom King Batman, and this point, mm-hmm. should we move away from floppies? But boy, <laughs> not better. <laughs> Today's podcast is sponsored by Hims, a wellness brand for men. 66% of men start losing their hair by age 35. If you wait until your hair starts to thin, it might be too late. But with Hims, you can prevent this and keep your head full of hair. Forhims.com is the solution, being a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness. With Hims, you can avoid those awkward doctor visits and save hours by going online to forhims.com. It's super easy. Just answer a few questions and a doctor will review it and give you a prescription that gets shipped directly to your door. Try 4 today by starting out with a free online visit. Go to 4 slash Rob and Benny. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash Rob and Benny. 4 slash Rob and Benny. Prescription products are subject to doctor approval and require an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. See website for full details and safety information. This could cost hundreds if you went in person to the doctor's office or pharmacy. So remember, that's 4hims.com slash Robin Benny. So the question I had before the commercial break was... <laughs> Um, should comics move away from floppies in general? And mm. I think 
They're oh, testing sh- that idea with Black Label because they're coming mm-hmm. out as prestige books, 48 pages. But still an individual. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they still come out like four or five issues. But they're coming out every other month. Yeah. And they're yeah, coming yeah. out as like bigger books and their yeah. increased price rate. And Well, they did that for a little while with their Earth Ones too, which kind of went away. Yeah. No, Those no, definitely came out. Technically, they're coming little... back. Jeff John said he's still working on Volume Three of Batman. I'm still waiting on Volume Three of Batman. <laughs> yeah. By the way, last one came out what eight years ago? I think around the same time as Issue One of Doomsday Clock. Uh, Seven decades ago. ago. <laughs> it's 1945, and Doomsday Clock has begun. <laughs> Just it's 1963. Like Doomsday Clock like 2, two just arrived. <laughs> <laughs> doing it like Dr. Manhattan. I like it. Wait, wait. It's 1972. Okay, I've moved yeah. the pencil six That's feet away from <laughs> Jones. Doomsday Clock 3 got delayed. <laughs> That's hilarious. Clock that should four. be a Doomsday Clock parody we do. Um, I moved the pencil. Well, no, because for a little while, Earth 1s were coming out. All, it was like Superman came out, and then Batman came out, and then I think it was But Titans, then we were getting Aquaman, Flash, and Green Lantern, and five years later, we got Green Lantern. Yeah, and it's like, and then suddenly they just start. Now, whether that's like the writers or whatnot like that, but mm-hmm. like to me, Earth 1 seemed like the original idea of what Black Label is turning into. Did Earth 1 yeah. sell well for the record? Yeah. I, I, no, I, it did. It did. I was going to say, I really enjoyed That's why it's still technically them. going. Okay. <laughs> But it just seems like they suddenly got these weird... It was like, all right, we're every... I think it was supposed to be like every six months, we're getting a different graphic novel. Right. And they're written as graphic novels. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to get Earth 1 Batman issue 1. It mm-hmm. was volume 1. Right. Volume 2. I found Earth 1 books in their sales. Uh, oh, it's just a total of like the best-selling I think yeah. yeah. Without any, and any a lot of them trackable were, data. I, I really liked... Hey, guess what? A it was Batman and Superman. Shocking. <laughs> Batman, Superman, Batman, Batman. Superman. Because they both had Oh, Teen Titans. Teen Titans was five. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was oh, pretty Wonder good. Wonder Woman I was pretty I good. Did, yeah. I actually enjoyed uh, Green Lantern, too, actually. I enjoyed the Teen Titans. That was uh, one of my first. So, yeah. So, like, I could see them moving in a trade situation. And mm-hmm. I think for certain books, it would work really well. Like, yeah. Doomsday Clock, to me, seems like it should have been a trade. Oh, yeah. 100%. Now, granted, that was also due to the fact that it had so many delays because Dr. Manhattan moved the pencil six inches away. <laughs> but That's going to be the reason now? That'll be the That's reason the from reason. now on, yes. Um, is that also why Three Jokers is taking forever? Yes. Like, like Three Jokers. It's three Jokers should be a trade. I've tripped Jeff Johns. He can no longer <laughs> write for another month. <laughs> it's just Dr. Manhattan screwing with Jeff Johns throughout time. I have given him a flat tire. He is 10 minutes late for work. Doomsday clock will be delayed another six months. <laughs> um, but to me, like certain things like Doomsday Clock, Three Jokers probably to me would be an awesome trade paperback. Mm-hmm. Like right. if it came out that way. But then you would be like, okay, is it? Because everyone would be like, well, if it's supposed to be part of the universe, why is it in trade paperback? Why right. can't I get it as the individual issues? Right. So, I mean, yeah. I, honestly, I think certain stories mm-hmm. would just work better. Right. If they flat out wrote it as and a see, trade. I've, my argument is I completely agree. It's an and excellent that's, argument. <laughs> but that's the problem. All right, moving on to our next topic. <laughs> no, that's, that is the problem is it is such an investment to afford a trade paperback that if it comes down to it, we might lose different indie companies we because might, we'll they lose made... smaller characters, period. We might lose yeah. smaller characters I mean, honestly, and that's yeah. going to dwindle the... the uh, the industry because yeah. there are people that loved Gwenpool 
maybe it's not enough. Gwenpool's done. Now you've lost that entire base of people right. for the comics. Whereas like if you kept going and they actually sold well as the single issues, because there are stories where it is a full arc, but each issue does tend to have at least a more or less conclusive little mini story. Right, right. That yeah. has an overall arc kind of thing. And like those are the kind of the ones where if we move more towards people expecting the trade paperbacks, people might not give those ones the chance. Mm. And I think that's what will hurt the industry because the or, writers and the publishers that have the privilege and capability for waiting for the trade paperback right, yeah. put in the put into the readers' minds that they can wait for the trade paperback, but other publishers are like, no, no, no we need to stay open. We need the lights on so we can print that next mm. issue. But all these people are waiting for the trade paperback because so-and-so waited for the trade paperback and they think that's the norm. Because if you're coming into the comics when trade paperbacks are like the only thing, if you're a brand new reader, that's what you assume. You right. don't know anything. I mean, I guarantee you there's some people out there that aren't aware how – and we've had this argument before in Absolute Comics about comic book stores and how hard they are to find and mm -hmm. niche they are. That's true. And, they, yeah. and they're always in, like, the seedy part of town half the time. There's all those Magic the Gathering kids. <laughs> but because of that, you only know what is being sold yeah, at Barnes yeah, & yeah, Noble, yeah. and Barnes & Noble doesn't sell the singles. At least that is true. No, most, they don't. No, yeah, they, most of them do not. They do yeah. – you can find the occasional one. We'll have, like, some in the, in the magazine ranks. But those are always the ones where it's, like, the mega version of yeah, that exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Generally uh, speaking, it is. Which trade is why paperbacks. I felt the Walmart method was a good way because you're just trying to get more people aware that this even exists. Yeah, because yeah. they didn't. Because um, the other uh, the other problem with waiting for the trade paperback is what we were saying earlier as well. Of sometimes it takes a month to get to that trade paperback as well. Yeah, yeah. And DC so it is, is not such very good a about getting theirs out quick. Yeah, unfortunately. So the issue runs into. I had a point, and Dan just kept going forever. I oh know, God, sorry. Dan. Everyone <laughs> knows I forget things very quickly, so I have to say them while I still I know I'm interrupting you because you do forget <laughs> things very quickly, but now you made me forget my point that I was going for. <laughs> what were we talking about? Uh, What's the topic today? Are you excited for Star Wars later? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Of course I am. Uh, so anyway, with the, uh, you know, I'll just go to the next topic. I was oh, here, actually, here's an idea with Star Wars. What if Star Wars first started and they waited until they had the full three trilogies and people waited until all three were out to fully watch them all? Because there was actually no second or third movie at the beginning. Boom! Knowledge that, that is true, actually. <laughs> but see, and that that's later. the thing is... Like, like, the, like after Star Wars already established. Like you see what like, I'm yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. though? Well, I mean, that's slightly yeah. different. It's not, different this on is a way off, scale. This is way off topic. Hold on. So, I also feel there's another problem with waiting for the trade paperbacks because mm -hmm. we do have writers who write for trades. Um, Ultimate yes. Spider-Man by Brian Michael Bendis, in my opinion, is much better as a trade paperback format yeah. because if you read the individuals, oh my God, does it get boring at times. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love the story. I think the boring. first graphic novel of that, he doesn't even turn into Spider-Man until the last issue. Yeah, and that's yeah, like yeah, all yeah. six issues yeah, of yeah, that yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah. So... Brian Michael Bendis is notorious for writing for trade, okay? And people like Tom King have quite obviously written Batman 85 issues all the way for trade. Because everything's big revealed. One big mm. trade. <laughs> One big awful <laughs> trade. Trade. Be what? It's going to be the Tom King Batman omnibus. But anyway. Oh, it definitely is. So 
using because I know what Dan got started on this so is he was he, is he's his big question was is people like Brian Michael Bendis who have the freedom to do whatever they want mm-hmm. writing stories like Superman aimed for a trade affecting the overall industry because indie books can't get their books out because they can't get you hooked because everyone's waiting for Brian Michael Bendis who's kind of set a standard mm-hmm. that the story's set up for eighteen issues which is what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Does it also create problems mm-hmm. where because I thought about this recently Doubtful. and I haven't brought it up till now. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of not common knowledge, but it's almost rumor mill has speculated. Year of the Villain, the Justice League fix, Heroes in Crisis are all to compensate for the fact that Doomsday Clock, which was supposed to affect the DC Universe, mm-hmm. got extended. So a lot of what happened in this last year... Extended? Delayed. <laughs> the term is delayed, not extended. But because of that, a it's lot of what happened... 1983. I've <laughs> hidden the rough draft to Doomsday Clock 4. <laughs> Tuesday clock is delayed. I've in the rough track. <laughs> um, but the idea is that a lot, and th- this is not confirmed by DC in any way, shape, or form. Could very easily been a part of the plan, but mm-hmm. people who read a lot of comics are <laughs> speculating. Play. Jeff Johns was playing it that way. He's like, "Listen, guys, I'm going to be delayed as shit, <laughs> so we're just going to add in a bunch of crap in the middle." Um, Sound good? The last year of DC has mostly been a stopgap to get us to yeah, yeah, yeah. the end of Doomsday Clock, mm-hmm. where supposedly we might be getting a crisis or something soon. Um, in 2020, and then 2025, and then 2037. I can't wait I for Secret Crisis. <laughs> with Thor and Hulk Thor versus and Hulk. Superman? Yeah. Let's go uh, what Brian Michael Bendis is known for writing for trade okay. and the long form telling of his story. Yes. Apex Predator Lex Luthor is a white Martian that is nine feet tall and commanding an army of other Martians. Yes. Literally one of the most powerful people because Perpetua has imbued him with some of the most powerful (laughs) abilities. Right. The Lex Luthor in Superman 18 is a businessman with neck fat. (laughs) From the 90s. He is. No, no, 90s had red hair. Sorry. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. That was 2000s. That was early 2000s. Was no, no, no. That was 90s? Death of Superman, 1993, I believe. 94, maybe. He okay. had the long, flowing red hair and the beard. And then it counts as a Batman mullet. Because he was supposed to be Batman his mullet. own son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but he was Superman mullet, my bad. Anyway. The super mullet. Super mullet. Bendis writing for trade may be why Lex Luthor is an old businessman in his book. Mm-hmm. Because when he wrote these stories, Apex Predator wasn't a thing. Yeah. There was no white Martian Lex that he had to worry mm-hmm. about. Instead, we had Lex. Yeah. So, is writing for trade hurting even the company's ability to turn and change the stories mm-hmm. as needed? What do you think? Am I theorizing too much here? Or is it just Bendis going, I don't like Apex I think it's Predator. just Bendis, honestly. I, I think just it is going, a little I, bit I don't Bendis. like Apex Predator. He's normal Lex still. Yeah, I was going to say, because then they could, because like, they do that sometimes where they'll say it like, this takes place after the events of, mm-hmm. or DC will come out and be like, oh yeah, well, Bendis' run actually technically takes place after the events of Scott Snyder's right. Justice League. Or before they, or whatever. Because they did that with Scott Snyder's Batman all the time. They were like, well, technically this takes place before that event or after right. this event. Right. Which is why they don't reference any of that in this event. Right. Yeah. Because like they did that with the during the Deathstroke versus Batman arc. They were like, right. by the way, here's a little box. This happened a while ago, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll say timeline and comics nowadays are very fluid mm-hmm. about when people No, they are. Tend I'm just wondering it. if do you think that, that maybe him writing for trades, because he does, and 
That's fine. We all expect that from Bendis. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, when his Superman came out, I read issue one and went, all right, and at issue six, I'll read them all. <laughs> See, honestly, I think the best <laughs> way won't. to do it is you can have your standard issues, your single issues, right, which tell whatever standard continuity is. But I think trades are a good way for writers to tell a story without having to worry about what the hell's going on in Justice League right now. Mm-hmm. So I think certain things, like I said, just work better in trade. So if they were like, Bendis, we're going to give you... you Screw it. Just do whatever the hell you want. And right. we'll call it good for the trade mm-hmm. or whatever like that. Because then you don't have to worry. Like, okay, well, well, yeah, why is White Just Martin, pick a number. Lex- we'll say it's on that Earth. Exactly. It's <laughs> like, I mean, realistically, which was the point of like Earth One or Black Label is like, right. they could just tell a story. You don't have to worry about what the hell is going on in Batman and Superman and yada, yada, right. yada. So just does trade well, cause problems with continuity? I, I was going to say, that sounds more like a continuity might be but, the problem. But comics. no, to me, like, okay, saying that they're going to write it for the trade for a trade or Mm -hmm. whatever like that like black label yeah okay they're like black label we don't care tell whatever story you want to tell it doesn't matter what the continuity is like to me that would work better if they were like brian if they specifically said it then yes i could see that being a better situation because people at least would be aware as well as being aware and the opposite of oh they said this wasn't going to be a trade i know that i should be getting this in single issues so i feel like maybe there should be like two different continuity i think that could be which is what black label which is what black label is supposed to be yeah i could see that helping because to me, that's one of the biggest problem with the mainstream comics is this, the constant circular storytelling where it's like, you have to worry about the continuity and in a year, this won't matter anyway, because we're going to have a crisis event and it's going to revert everything anyway. Right. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that's what everyone's saying right now. They're like, oh, so the Justice League thing won't matter. The Alfred thing won't matter. No. The Superman reveal won't matter. No. Like, I literally have people asking there's, me. They've already t- said the new crisis is coming. And yeah. whenever there's a new crisis, it literally... Resets what doesn't work. Everything, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or cuts, and it's, cuts it's literally going to be happening everything. next year because yeah. Doomsday Clock specifically says in 2020 <laughs> that is the next crisis. Yeah. And I think and that was essentially Jeff Johns going, "Are my bad guys? Yeah. <laughs> Let's have another crisis. I won't do this again. I promise." <laughs> Also, no, no, Free Jokers even... is going to be in like a year or two. But I mean, you could have that right before the crisis. <laughs> that and then the, the crisis. crisis will make it moot. <laughs> it's identity crisis. Which Joker is it? And that somehow resets it. I would read that, yeah. So I feel like we've gone around a thousand circles, a thousand discussions here. I think I will conclude my this argument. This argument would have worked better in trade. <laughs> I think my see what I did. I will conclude my argument with the closing statement of, I think trade sitting is usually fine when it comes to DC and Marvel, but I think trade sitting is hurting the indie companies, and potentially the ability for more ideas and expanding upon the comic book industry. That's my closing statement on the argument. Okay, um, I feel. I don't think trade sitting is bad. I think the the comic book industry needs to adapt in general to get those singles in hands. Because if trades are so easy to get, why can't we make the floppies easier? Mm-hmm. Because if we've moved floppies to comic book stores and Walmart and the occasional rack at your 7-Eleven, mm-hmm. 
We need to get them in more locations. What is this, the 90s? None of those things exist anymore. <laughs> a comic book store doesn't exist? Well, I meant 7-Eleven. And comic book racks in them. <laughs> I have never seen I it. Is this the, the 1940s? The comics in the grocery store, I remember, because that's where I saw that there was a Futurama comic. I, me- I remember going to the co- grocery store, and you'd go over there, and it'd be like... There'd be like six. Lifestyle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever, and then like tucked in the back yeah, corner... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there were always the nudie magazines in the top row. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Seal black bag. <laughs> no, no, grab jugs. Um, <laughs> I feel like they need to figure out a way to get the floppies out there or stop using them as the only metric. If they've started mm-hmm. using... That's probably better, And yeah. it could be. It could be. And bear in mind, we don't work in their marketing. Mm-hmm. They made it, figured out ways to start tracking trades and merchandise and everything better yeah. because we have seen some changes over the years. But I feel like these changes are coming very slow. Yeah. The industry is known for tracking pre-sales and things like that as the way to know if a book is going to sell. If they have made changes, they're very slow, very minor, and you're only seeing them occasionally. Like things like maybe Superior Spider-Man did get six issues. They did wait for the trade. Mm-hmm. They were like, if we'll wait and see what the trade sitters are doing. Right. That may have been the case, but we don't fully know. The industry in general, in my opinion, is... There's just a lot of problems that are inherent with it not adapting in the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love comics. I love the way they do things. But I feel like we need a giant shakeup like how Image did so that creators get their proper due for creating characters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But now we need it on the marketing and uh, distribution. Mm-hmm. We need that kind of a shakeup. We need the Image shakeup on marketing and distribution. That's what I feel. What do you think? I would say, well, I agree that, yes, they need to figure out better ways to track things and things like that. I also think, especially with the two big companies, the other inherent problem is, and this is kind of my ending for this argument, is that they need to worry less about having these endless ongoing series and telling good stories. Yeah. And that's why I like Black Label. I like what Black Label is doing. I honestly, like, if, if a series is, if they're like, okay, we're going to, it's going to be, we're, we're pushing for 60 issues, right? We're going to, this is going to run for like five, six years, but the story is not good because you're planning on this giant thing. I mean, you can't blame people for not buying it. Yeah. Honestly. Like, and if you're like, listen, I got a great five issue Spider Man story that, possibly we could do more with because then I could have another five issue Spider-Man story mm-hmm. like that that needs to be you need to worry about telling good stories that actually draw people in not just like yeah we got a new Thor story and it's kind of the same as all the other Thor stories I don't know why people aren't buying it right you know well what I'm it's kind of the argument I had with Tom King as much as you don't like the run when they announced that it was getting cut from 100 to 85 that was at like 70 something and mm-hmm. I was like at this point just finish it you've agreed to the whole run at this point now you're going to cut it early it's going to get a lot of flat because it's getting cut early just finish it. Why did you agree to 100 issues? Yeah, but I said good well, stories. Well, actually, so. one thing also I, I do want to mention about the Tom King thing. <laughs> it's very similar to the Brian Michael Bendis uh, Superman. He also started this when Doomsday Clock was supposed to be a year. That's true. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because for all we know, changed. like what's happened up to it 85 could, have been, yeah, could have, have been up to 50. Right. And he had planned he to go to further. Because yeah. that's another one that... I don't think we've ever actually brought up in a discussion with the Tom King story. We always just say, well, Tom King likes to stretch it out a little too much. But yeah, maybe I mean, he for all had we know. To. Exactly. Yeah, maybe yeah, he yeah. had to and he didn't have maybe the privilege of... Maybe that's why Nightmare of... was 10 issues. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, Guys, I only got like three of these. They're like, no, we need 10. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, that, that Batman, cr- Bruce that, doesn't like it that Selena's going to have a life outside of him then. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that creepy but, kid Bruce Wayne that I made for a fun annual yeah. uh, sequel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one's back too. Right. <laughs> So like we I, love it. We, it's cool. We, 
Oh, we don't even care. Wow, we went through a full hour <laughs> before that good. fell yeah, out. That's pretty good. First, I, I just that popped into my head, and I wanted to throw no, that yeah, out there because it's all, it's all it's good, good points. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I guess that's the end of today's episode. Um, what do you guys think of the industry? Uh, in the industry down below. Let me know. Uh, <laughs> what do you guys think about this topic in general? About floppies versus trades versus merchandising versus mm-hmm. how is this all getting out there? Um, a lot of people like to state that the movies, as long as they exist, will sustain the entire industry. And there's a chance for that. That's actually but fair. They need to have more of a crossover. They, we've had that argument multiple times. You never see the movies actually talk about the comics, you know, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Either way. Um, don't forget, you can support us by watching the show live on twitch.tv slash comicstorian on Thursdays at about 2 p.m. Eastern. You can catch it live, not live, but you can catch it on our YouTube channel on Saturday mornings. And you can catch it on Google Play, uh, Spotify, iTunes, and our Patreon, patreon.com slash comicstorian. Don't forget to check out our two sponsors, Mint Mobile and Thor Hymns. I gave you the sexual wellness one. Nice. Yeah. You need it. <laughs> he needs phones. You need... I do. I got phones for days. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> tweet me you're not on a first name basis with him. I want him to tweet me now <laughs> you will call him Mr. Reynolds Mr. Reynolds <laughs> Mr. Pool there you go can you first name dead also will, will you send me some of your aviation yeah. oh yeah it's good gin just, just saying anyway oh, guys thank you so much for your support we really do appreciate it I hope you guys have a great holiday yeah <laughs> I don't know what you were expecting from me. I no, agree. Happy oh, happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> How was that one hard to guess? Because you were just like, I hope you have a great holiday. <laughs> I agree. I also hope you have a great Well, I don't. Bah, I concur. <laughs> <laughs> happy holidays to all. Uh, we'll see you guys in the new year with the next episode of Comics Experiment. Thank you.